as you are able, I invite you to stand for the gospel reading for us this night. It comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 1 through 6. Hear these words. Be careful that you don't practice your religion in front of people to draw their attention. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Whenever you give to the poor, don't blow your trumpet as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may get praise from people. I assure you, that's the only reward they'll get. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that you may give to the poor in secret. Your Father who sees what you do in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners so that people will see them. I assure you, that's the only reward they'll get. But when you pray, go to your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is present in that secret place. Your Father, who sees what you do in secret, will reward you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Will you join me in prayer? Most holy and gracious God, Father, Lord, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for this time of reflection, for this time of renewal, for this season of Lent and the journey that it gives us to reflect upon you and your holy love and our need of you. So come, Lord Jesus, come. Come in this moment of deep discipleship, Come and open our hearts and our minds and our ears so that we may be attentive to you in all that you give us, so that we may be faithful unto you. Lord, make me less so that you may be more. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today is Ash Wednesday, the start of this season of Lent. But as we mentioned a little bit at the beginning of our time of worship tonight, it's also Valentine's Day. This rare coincidence, twice in my ministry now, where these two days converge, and it brings out for me some of my love for sarcastic humor of tonight, I don't have any plans with Abby, except my plans are with you to tell you you're going to die at some point. So that's happy Valentine's Day indeed. We're going to have pizza later. But there's something unique, though, about Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday coming together. As Valentine's Day, for those of you who may not know the history of it, connects back to this saint of the Roman Catholic Church by the name of St. Valentine. We don't know much about him, and in fact, a lot of what we know about him might actually not be true. We're not entirely sure who he was or anything 
much about him. The archaeological records aren't that clear, but the stories and legends about him are fascinating. Allegedly, he healed a, a judge's daughter who was blind. Later, he's alleged to have married several couples in a time of persecution of the church and committing them to love even in the face of fear. It is that act why his memory is often that of love. And when we think of love, we often think of that love that we have for our spouses or our significant others, that touchy-feely, lovey-dovey type love of intimacy and connection. We think about how much they mean to us and how much our lives depend on them or how much we miss them when they're gone. But yet love also has another aspect to it that's not just about this intimacy, it's also about how we care for ourselves. Truly, we can't care for others unless we truly love ourselves. But yet one of the ways that we are good about showing love to ourselves is making sure that we get the glory, of making sure we get the intention, of making sure that people notice what we have done, who we are, or even to be seen. It makes us feel good when someone notices us. It makes us feel good when someone says how much we mean to them. It makes us feel good when someone gives us a compliment. But on this night, that love that cares for us, that helps us feel better about ourselves when someone notices things about us, I wonder if there is a danger to that. I wonder if there is a danger for us depending upon the praise of others or seeking out that affirmation or even to be seen as good and holy people. It's a question that I've been pondering upon this gospel reading for us on this night of Ash Wednesday from Matthew's gospel. Jesus is in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount, this important time of discourse and discussion. And we'll talk a little bit more about the background to the Sermon on the Mount on Sunday as we begin this series on Sunday, talking about the things we wish Jesus had never said in the scriptures and how they shape us and how they can help us grow closer to God. But within this largesse of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, who is offering his first major discourse about what does it mean to love God and grow in faith, gives us a sense of what it means to be righteous, of what it means to seek after God. Righteousness is a common theme in the Gospel of Matthew, and it often reflects upon a desire to reflect the holiness of God in our lives. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 48, for us to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. What he means by that is for our hearts and our lives to be completely dedicated to God in such a way that everything we seek to do is about giving praise and honor and glory to our Lord. Righteousness 
It's about a life lived in deep connection to God and deep hope of God. And within that righteousness, we often think it is about our inner life, about these practices that we take on to grow our lives, but oftentimes these practices of our faith and our lives are lived out in the midst of our community. Works of piety, works of mercy, Jesus describes in Matthew 6, that we live out in our relationship with each other. As we seek to all grow closer to God in community and in relationship with one another. These spiritual acts, these spiritual practices done in our own lives and in our life with each other are intended for us to grow in righteousness to grow in the image of Christ, to grow in our need of the Lord. Jesus talks about three in particular, but he does so in a way to frame our entire conversation on these things that we do in our lives to grow closer to the Lord, but also to serve God, to give thanks to God and to grow closer to the Lord. The three that he talks about are works of almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. Those three works of piety that he talks about in chapter 6, he's assuming that we are going to do those things. This discussion is in chapter 6 is not if you get around to giving to the poor, if you get around to praying, if you get around to fasting, but when you give to the poor. When you pray, when you fast. And we can add in some other spiritual practices, other works of piety and mercy that fit along in these conversations that we see throughout Scripture, like reading the Gospels, reading the Scripture passages, gathering as a body as we did tonight to worship, to being in relationship with each other, of gathering for communion, of gathering in study with one another, holding each other accountable. These works of piety and mercy, of service and grace, all seek to help us grow closer to God in love with one another. So as Jesus is talking about these things, he's doing so in a way that says, as you do these things, watch how you do them. He doesn't give us a three-point discussion on how to do these things. He tells us a warning of what to avoid when you give to the poor, when you pray, when you fast, when you worship, when you read scripture, when you connect with one another. The warning is to watch your motive. Watch your motive. What is gathering you or what is driving you to do these things? What's the motivation behind wanting to give to the poor? What's the motivation behind praying? What's the motivation behind fasting? What's the motivation for gathering as a church to worship? The warning that Jesus gives us, that's especially important for us as we begin this season of Lent, is to be mindful that we don't do it for the glory of others.
That we don't do these things like give to the poor and pray and fast and read scripture and worship for the attention of others. To be seen. To be seen as good and holy. To be seen as dependable. To be seen as the one who does it all. Jesus is inviting us to check our motives of why we do these things. And in doing so, he does it within the concepts of hypocrisy. He says, when you do these things, these spiritual practices for the attention of others, to get that attaboy or girl to be, to get that we are just so dependent upon you, or you are such a good Christian, or you are such a good loving person, if that is what motivates us to hear those things, and not to grow closer to God in the midst of doing these things. And Jesus says we've become like a hypocrite. The word that he uses for hypocrisy and hypocrite in this passage is one that comes to us from the theater, in the Greek theater. Greek drama and Greek theaters would often have these actors who would come out and play parts and roles, just like in our TV shows, our dramas, our movies today. The actor who is playing that role, the actors who is playing that role is not that person. Tom Hanks, as much as we would like to admit, is not Forrest Gump. He portrays that person. The Greek word used for that role-playing is the word that we get our concept of hypocrite. It is someone who plays a part for others to see, but it's not really who they are. Much of what we see in this gospel reading comes in the concepts of that theatrical drama relationship and imagery. Even the whole imagery of don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. The concept there is that you would use your body language, moving your hands kind of like I do sometimes, to convey a point. The purpose there is to do things in a sense of not about showing, but about honoring God. But Jesus uses this word of playing a part, playing an actor for us to focus in on. To focus in on our motives. But often when we think about the word hypocrisy or hypocrite, we think of someone who lives into that phrase I hated as a teenager. Don't do what I say, do what, don't do what I do, do what I say. I don't know about you, but I heard that a lot as a teenager. Don't do what I do, do what I say. It's like we're permitting hypocrisy with that. Don't watch what I do, watch what I say. In the same way, that's kind of how we view hypocrisy today, right? We watch for someone's words and do they match their actions? And we'll call someone a hypocrite if they come to church on a Sunday morning and then on Monday, we see them living a life that is completely absent of God. Maybe not even by Sunday, maybe by 12.01 by the time they get to Cracker Barrel and they're yelling at the waitress for not getting the coffee out right. We'll say that's a hypocrite. They're not living what they preach. 
But often when we limit the idea of hypocrisy to just not living out our words and our actions, we use it in a way to judge the actions of others. They are being a hypocrite. They are not living the life God is calling us to live. They are not living right. But do we ever turn the mirror upon ourselves to ask, is my, are my motives right? Do we ask, where's that piece of wood in our eye that keeps us from seeing perhaps our own hypocrisy? Our own moments when we are playing a part and playing the role of faith. And perhaps to examine that role for us, we need to look at that deeper meaning of hypocrisy for Jesus. It wasn't just that you said you were going to do one thing and did something else. It was your motives. Your motives, the desire of your heart often defines our hypocrisy. And often defines how we live for ourselves more than God. We'll give that money to the poor. We'll work the food kitchen. We'll work and volunteer, but only if we can post on social media about it. Or we let others know what we have done. We'll only do it if others pay attention. We'll show up and pray, but... We don't want to pray for God to open my heart or my life. We just want to talk to God and not even listen to what God may say to us. The motive in our prayer is to just vent more than to listen. Oh, we'll fast. We'll talk today about what we are giving up for Lent. But instead of using that time that we have given up something to grow closer to God, we'll make it about us. Oh, I can't live without that Diet Coke right now. I can't live without that piece of coffee, that cup of coffee. Oh, I'm struggling with not seeing the TV during March Madness. Oh, help me. And that way, we, we're just looking for someone to put their arms around our shoulder and say, there, 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 there. It's an early Easter. We gather for worship. And instead of praising God, instead of seeking to come in to worship God, our motive is more about coming for a show, to be entertained, to put on a performance. to where others see that we have sung well, we read well. The preacher can preach without his notes in front of him. Do we worship to be entertained instead of growing closer to God? Do we serve in the church in order for us to have power or for us to depend on us? or to have it our way? 
Do we get mad when someone doesn't ask us to do something because they never do it the way I would do it? They'll never do it my way. It's about us being seen instead of God, come, show me the way. What's our motives for doing the things God calls us to do? Jesus says, if our motives are truly for ourselves, we'll get the reward. We'll get the pat on the backs. We'll get the attaboys and the attagirls. We might even grow a church that way. But we'll never grow closer to God and become the people God desires us to be. Because our focus is not on God, but ourselves. And in that way, we become like a hypocrite, playing a part before others. So perhaps as we mark this start of Lent on this day, perhaps that thing we need to fast from the most is not our coffee, our Diet Cokes, our television viewing, Maybe what we need to fast from the most is our hypocrisy. To fast from putting all the attention upon ourselves or wanting things our way or wanting things the way it's always been or the way that make us the center of attention. Maybe we need to fast from that. And as you've often heard me say, it's not just about giving up something, it's about taking on practices. Perhaps in the midst of fasting from focusing on ourselves, perhaps we take on more focusing on listening to God, learning from God, and saying, God, lead me by your spirit in this season so that I may be the person you desire me to be, so that we may be the church you've called, me to be, called us to be. Maybe, just maybe, we need to fast from hypocrisy so that it is truly less about ourselves and more about God in this season. What would it look like for you to do that this season? To fast from putting all the attention upon you and giving it to God. Will you pray with me? Most holy and gracious God, Father, Lord, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for this time, for this night, and for this season of Lent. Lord, it is so easy to put the attention upon ourselves, even when we don't intend to do so. Help us to see those moments in our lives. Help us to turn away from them and help us to turn closer to you so that we may see more of your glory. Through Christ we pray. Amen.